Good evening, Lake Church. How's everybody doing tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to see all your smiling faces here tonight. Amen. Looking forward to the Word of God tonight. Amen. All right. Let's just uh, give a warm welcome to our online audience. Good to have you with us tonight. Amen. Got some announcements. How many of you like announcements? You like to know what's going on, right? Praise the Lord. Well, we've got our 2022 uh, full year of message. There's 74 messages on here for $34.99. It'd be a great addition to your uh, um, ministerial stuff. Um, there's some really good messages on here. Uh, as goes the church, um, the West. I can't hardly read them because the lighting is not good. But anyways, there's a lot of messages on here. Most of you have been here for the year. And uh, so you know that there's some good word on there. So also we have our our fundraiser for our student ministry, February 26th, uh, raising money for Area 51 camp. Amen. And uh, there's going to be pozole, chicken and dumplings, and potato soup. Uh, you can get one bowl for $5, or you can get three bowls for 10 So um, be sure and come out and support. Amen. Also, we have a missions play fundraiser coming up. And the play is a lighthearted comedy with a meal, Friday, March 10th, and Saturday, March 11th. Uh, tickets are $30, and uh, all proceeds go to church missions. So you can buy those in the commons. And, uh, I think, uh, I've been to one of them. I think it was, it was all right. I think you'll be blessed by it. Amen. And, uh, I'm not much for comedy myself. So, but anyways, uh, not too bad, but anyways, those are the announcements. Um, time to give offering. Amen. How many of you are glad to be able to give to the Lord? Amen. Bible says you'll never see the righteous forsaken or seen out begging for bread. Praise the Lord for that. So, amen. Um, you got your envelopes and the seat backs in front of you. You can text to give. Um, you can give the old-fashioned way or go back to the buckets. You can go online at lake-church.com, or you can also go online to our church app. And uh, some people say that's the easiest. For me, it's easier just to put it in the envelope. So, I'm old-fashioned, I guess. Praise God. So, anyways, God is good. Amen. Excited to hear the word, and we're just going to pray over the offering. If you have offering tonight, there's a bucket in the back, and uh, Amber Maddox Scott's it back there, so you can give that way. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the word that's going to be presented to us tonight. Father God, we pray that you bless the offering, bless the gift in the giver, multiply and meet the needs for your kingdom, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Kevin. All right, well, good evening, everyone. All right, well, um, let's just stand together. We're going to take care of some business right up front.
have some people we want to lift up in prayer. Uh, Miss Judy, Pastor Karen's mother, she has gone to the hospital. Um, and uh, also Jeff, what's his last name? Baker, relative there. Uh, we're going to lift them up. You know, the good thing is, is the Bible tells us that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Amen. So we're not asking God to do something that he hadn't already done. We're just releasing our faith in his word, in the truth that it declares to us. So let's just come together. You know, the Bible says that if two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done. One can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand to flights. We got a lot more than that here tonight. Amen. So I know that in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, we can do business together and we can see our words manifested in their lives. Amen. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Hear and be healed. Amen. Hearing what God declares coming into agreement with that, releasing that out of our mouth in faith and seeing the manifestation of that reality in people's lives. Amen. Just talking a little bit because I want to make sure we're in faith before we pray. You know, pastor said earlier in this message, you know, we rush into healing, but we should rush into hearing. We rush into hearing. Then when we pray, we actually release our faith. And we get something done. You know, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Let me say this. By the stripes of Jesus, Judy was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, Jeff was healed. And according to the word of God that's forever settled in heaven, we just say in the name of Jesus, we command these afflictions to be cast out of their bodies, to leave their lives right now in the name of Jesus. We release the power of God toward them, and we release the life of God. We declare that the life of God that is in their spirit be released and affect their body and bring about perfect health, Father God. Not by our authority, but by the authority that is invested in the name of Jesus the name which is above every name, that at that name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven, on earth, and even under the, the earth, in every realm and in every age. His name reigns supreme. So we just declare according to the word of God that their bodies supernaturally amend right now in Jesus' name. All oh, that they uh, enter into a state of perfect health in their physical body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. You watch over your word to perform it. Hallelujah. We take you at your word. We are fully persuaded in the truth of your word tonight, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God. The Holy Spirit is working, taking our words and creating what needs to be created in their bodies, bringing their bodies into a state of perfect health, Father God. We speak to every system in their body. We command it to line up with the Word of God right now in the name of Jesus. We command the circulatory system, Judy's circulatory system, to just line up with the Word of God right now that by the stripes of Jesus she's healed, that it would function. We command you to function in perfection the way that God created you to function. We command her blood to be healthy in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. We command any bleeding to stop right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, we command the blood to stop right now in the name of Jesus. Any bleeding to just stop right now in the name of Jesus. Any place that's allowing blood to leak out, we command it to just be supernaturally mended right now in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise for it, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you that it is done according to your word. Hallelujah. And by the authority of the name of Jesus. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. And we just thank you for it, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that when we ask anything according to your word, that you hear us according to your will. You hear us, and we know because you hear us that we have that thing which we have asked for. So we thank you for it, Father God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you that we're going to hear the testimony of these people. In the name of Jesus, so we're going to hear the testimony that Jeff shares about how he was, he was there in the hospital and he received his healing. I just lay hands on you right now in his place. Hallelujah. We release the power of the Holy Spirit, the very divine life of God. Oh, we just thank you, Father God, that it is amending his body right now, supernaturally, supernaturally. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There is no distance in spirit, no time, no separation. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. We declare that as Jesus is, so is Judy in this world. Jesus isn't sick. Hallelujah. He's seated. He's not sick. He's seated. And I thank you, Father. Judy is seated in him at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. We thank you, Father, that Jeff, that as Jesus is, so is he in this world. We thank you for it. Oh, seated far above in victory. Over every principality and power, might, and dominion. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that they are not under the dominion of sin nor any of its effects. Hallelujah. They are seated in victory in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are so worthy, Father God. Oh, we just give thanks. Now, let's just thank him. Father, we thank you for these things. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. We thank you that as we speak your word, Father God, that your word has creative ability, that your word is spirit and life, and it goes right to the very source. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise, glory, glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you that their bodies are at rest. I thank you that their minds are at rest and that their bodies are at rest. That they enter into ease, Father God. Perfect health in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you agree with that, give the Lord a praise in the house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. 
Glory, glory. You can be seated. Hallelujah. We're going to get into the word. We're going to wrap this message up tonight. So uh, we're going to kind of go over some things that we've talked about. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about this for several weeks now. We've been driving home the idea that what we need when we face things in our life is not necessarily to go after healing or whatever, but that we need to get into hearing. And that what that does is it doesn't move God. It moves us into position to receive. Because listen, God has already in Christ Jesus done everything to resolve the human condition and reconcile men back to God. He's already done everything. When Jesus, uh, in his death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God, he performed a perfect, complete, finished work. There is nothing you could ever add to it, and there is nothing that you need to add to it. We need to fully understand by hearing what he has done for us by grace which moves us into a state or a condition of faith where we're able to just partake of what he has already provided. But you know, there's two areas in our life that we are all going to be opposed in. Um, we're going to be opposed in our health, and we're going to be opposed in our finances. And one of the reasons why that is is because the enemy, once you become a born-again believer... He's lost you, you know, because the Bible says that Jesus delivered us out of the authority of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. And let me tell you, the devil can't do nothing about that. He can't do anything about that. That's a finished work. It's complete. You are one spirit with Jesus. What's true of Jesus is true of you. Because through the new birth, you became a new creation. And that new creation is your spirit and Christ's spirit becoming one eternally and perfectly. So the devil can't do anything about that. But what he tries to do is oppose us outwardly in our health and oppose us in our finances so that he can try to hinder us in our ability to accomplish the will of God in our life. I'm not saying that somebody who's sick or somebody who's struggling financially can't do things for God, but I'm saying that it can limit how much you can do. Listen, if you're sick, if you're struggling in your body, there's a limit. You know what I mean? When you're not feeling good, when you don't have the energy, when you're really fighting... You know, and there's a lot of religious, you know, ideas that people put out. Well, God will glorify himself through that. Listen, God will glorify himself through everything. Jesus said for the Father to glorify himself through him in that he would accomplish the work. 
that he sent him to accomplish. So the enemy is trying to oppose us in our health so that we're not able to be, you know, at our best physically to where we can really accomplish all of the things that God is wanting to do in our life. And financially as well, you know, God may be uh, wanting to use you to sow some kind of funds into the kingdom of God so he can meet some kind of need and further his kingdom that way. Uh, but if we're being opposed in our finances, how many of you know you can't give what you don't have? Faith checks don't work. <laughs> you know, I mean, even though evangelists come into places and try to get people to write faith checks, uh, you better not write a check that you ain't got the money to cover. I heard of somebody one time, they wrote a faith check, and then afterward they realized what they did and said, can I get that back? <laughs> no, you don't want to be doing that. God's uh, blessing, two, two main parts of the blessing of God is health and financial wealth. Man, I tell you what. I've been, I was reading through, I'm reading through the Old Testament. I was reading through Genesis. And one of the things that just stuck out to me uh, was how wealthy those guys were. Those patriarchs, listen, they weren't just prosperous. They were wildly wealthy. And religious people will tell you, well, God doesn't want you to have, you know, a bunch of money. I would disagree with that. I think we've been, uh, you know, religiously indoctrinated and it's hindered us in our ability to have resources to do whatever God wants at any moment. I'm telling you, those patriarchs, I don't know why I got off on this, but those patriarchs, man, they were wildly wealthy. They were so wealthy that they had to part from one another because the land couldn't sustain them. <laughs> Abraham and Lot were so wealthy that the land couldn't sustain them, and they had to part ways and separate. That's wealthy. And you know the crazy thing about it? And every one of those guys were wealthy. The crazy thing about it was they, they weren't even born again. Because, you know, the real issue with money is your heart. <laughs> the real issue with money is your heart. And uh, those guys couldn't even be born again. They didn't even have the love nature on the inside of them to govern their, their choices and things like that. But yet the blessing worked. Why? Because the blessing, part of the blessing is financial wealth. You can argue with it all you want, uh, but it is. Now, let me say this as a disclaimer. Financial wealth isn't an indicator of the blessing because people get wealthy outside of God. But here's the great thing about the wealth God provides is that he maketh rich and he adds no sorrow along with it. Hallelujah. I'll take some of that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have you ever had something you wish you could do if you just had the money to do it? I mean, I'm not talking about for yourself. I'm talking about for somebody else. Well, maybe you were, you know... Being moved by the nature of love on the inside of you. Well, if you had the money, you could just write a check for it. Boy, wouldn't that be a blessing? Health is the same way. You know, if you have good health, you have the energy and, and everything to do what God's asking you to do, you can, 
You can do a lot. But the enemy wants to come against those two areas. And so it's important that we get ourselves uh, in the position that we're able to overcome the opposition that comes our way in these two areas. So how do we do that? How do we get ourselves to where we're able to overcome any opposition to the enemy? Yeah, Wade's pointing at it. We got <laughs> to hear and be healed. I, the Lord told me this today. And at first, man, I had, I had to kind of think about it for a second. But he said, he said, many people are not getting healed because they're trying to get healed. Oh, boy. Many people are not getting healed because they're trying to get healed. Think about that. Oh, man, because we can do all of the stuff. Come on now. But if we are not in position uh, mentally in agreement with what the Word of God says, we can do all the stuff and not see anything happen. Can I get a witness? One thing I can say is it's never on God's side. My inability to see what the Bible says belongs to me, that is never on God's side. Although... There are people, theologians and stuff, who will try to tell you that it's somewhere on God's side, that he's saying no or there's some kind of issue with God. I'm here to tell you tonight that it's never on God's side. And it would do us some good to just humble ourselves and take an honest assessment of where we're at because here, here's the here's the good news about that. Let me just give, let me just give you some good news. Here's the good news: if it was on God's side, what can I do to move Him or to change God? Not a thing. But if it's a matter of me being out of alignment or out of position, there's something I can do about that. Why? Because all of my answers are right here in this book. And I have the ability to hear and to be healed. Let's look at uh, Psalm 103. This is a scripture we've looked at several times, but uh, I want to read it again tonight. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. I'm going to go back to verse 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, the thing about this scripture is David is rehearsing the benefits of God. And he's declaring what the benefits of God are, but not for somebody else. He's talking to himself. He is re 
minding himself of the benefits that come from relationship with God. And the interesting thing about this scripture that I love is that David is uh, living on the other side of the cross. See, we live on the side of the cross where Jesus has already come. He's already made his sacrifice. And we're living on the fulfilled side of the cross. But David was on the other side of the cross before Jesus came. He's looking towards something. So all of the benefits in this uh, passage of Scripture... They're talking about what God will do. He's rehearsing the benefits in promises that God had made to them. But they had to qualify for them. We live on the other side of the cross and we don't have, listen, listen to me, hear this. We don't have promises made. We have promises fulfilled all of the promises of God. 1 Corinthians 119 or 2 Corinthians 119. All of the promises of God are yes in him. That means every promise that God has made to mankind, he has said yes to it in Christ Jesus. Because people go, well, I wonder, I don't know. Is God saying yes or is he saying no? In fact, the verse before that, he said, our preaching to you was not yes and no. Think about that. That'll solve a lot of your stuff right there. Paul said, we didn't come to you preaching yes and no. Like maybe he will, maybe he won't. No, he said, all the promises of God find their yes in Christ Jesus When Jesus died on the cross, God fulfilled the yes for every promise. It's not God that needs persuaded. persuaded. It's us who needs persuaded. Remember I shared the story last week with you about when Jesus was up on the mountain. When he came down, a leper came and fell at his feet. And the leper said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Man, I tell you what, that's where a large percentage of believers are. They're saying that. Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. (laughs) If you're willing, you can make me clean. Because listen, most believers know God can. They'll, They'll say this, God can do anything. Did you know that's not what the Bible says? It says he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. Oh, my goodness. But this leper comes, falls at Jesus' feet. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I'll tell you, that's where the vast majority of believers are. They know God can. They just don't know if he's willing or not. And the reason why is because they're basing the answer to that question on them rather than on what Jesus did in his finished work. The answer is found in what Jesus did on the cross. That's the yes. How do I know I'm healed? Because Jesus died, was buried, was raised again, and is seated at the right hand of God. That's how I know I'm healed. 
And I died in him, and I was buried with him, and I was raised with him, and I ascended with him, and I am seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's how I can say, as he is, so am I in this world. It takes all of the questioning out. So listen, when the, when the leper came and fell at Jesus' feet, he said, Lord, I know you can, but I just don't know if you're willing. Man, think about it. Jesus didn't need persuaded. The leper needed persuaded. The leper needed persuaded. Hey, Joel, come stand up here. And this is what happened. So that leper comes. I just want you to kneel down on the ground. He's going to be the leper. But <laughs> You're going to get clean, my brother. <laughs> here's, the, here's the cool thing. You got to see this, though. That when Jesus, when he said this to Jesus, you know what it says Jesus did? The Bible says that he touched him. But it doesn't say he touched him and he was clean. It says he touched him and he said, I am willing, be clean. When he said, I am willing, that's when the power was released. Did you notice he already touched him? Nothing happened. Mm. Think about it. Jesus didn't need persuaded. Go ahead, you can get up. The uh, soon as he touched him, nothing happened. But when he said, "I'm willing," see, because the question wasn't on Jesus' side; it was on his side. And as soon as that question got cleared up, there was a connection made. And actually, it wasn't Jesus releasing power; it was him receiving the power. Come on now. It wasn't Jesus. Because listen, Jesus didn't touch him and then let something go. No, Jesus was already, I mean, he was the anointed one. It was him receiving that. And when Jesus said, I'm willing, be clean, that's when the power was released. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, when you look at that in the Greek, where he says, I'm willing, I was looking at that, and it doesn't just say, okay, I'll do it. Jesus basically said, it's my greatest desire. <laughs> Not only is he willing, but he is desiring. Come on now. I know people, some believers are like, well, I mean, if I do get healed, it'll just because he, he, he just gave in and healed me. No, listen, it's his greatest desire for you not only to be healed, but for you to walk in health. For those of you who are parents out here, think about this. Would you will for your own children anything less than perfect health? Think about it. Would you will for your own children anything less than perfect health? No, absolutely not. You would never want them to even have a cold if there was something you could do about it. Well, Jesus said in comparison to God, we're evil. <laughs> he said, who among you, if your child asked you for bread, you'd give him a stone? He said, well, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? You know, what, what the point is, is that along with Jesus, how will he not also along with him give us all things? 
That's what it says in Romans 8. It says, if God didn't spare his own son, how will he not along with him freely give us all things? The point is, is that in this scripture, it reveals that before the cross, it was God's will that people be healed, that people be healthy. But it was a promise made to them, and it was dependent on their lifestyle. And if they qualified through keeping the law, if they sinned, they had to make sacrifices. They had to keep themselves qualified for the blessing so that the curse didn't come upon their life. But I'm telling you, on this side of the cross, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, that we might receive the blessing of Abraham, the promise of the Spirit through faith. We have the Spirit of God. We have the healer. We have the life giver. We have the divine presence and power of God dwelling on the inside of us all the time. Listen, I don't have to get God to send something from heaven. I don't look to heaven for healing. I look within. I look to the Christ within. I am a possessor. If you're born again tonight, you are a possessor of the divine life of God. You're walking around. You are walking around with God on the inside of you. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I like it. It's not arrogance. Because I know it's not of me. It's confidence. Why? Greater is he who's in you. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. We got to get a revelation of this, guys. You know how I know if you don't? Because you start looking outside of yourself when things come. I start looking outside of myself. I have to shake myself. I have to remind myself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Listen, you can only come hear pastor, and he's available a lot. But you can't hear him all the time. But you can rehearse and remind yourself of the promises of God any time. 24-7, when you wake in the middle of the night, you can say, listen, soul. (laughs) You wake in the middle of the night, you got something going on in your body, you can say, listen, body. Listen, soul. Forget not all of the benefits. For he And listen, when I quote this in my confession, I never say it the way it says it. I say it in the past tense. Because I'm not on the same side of the cross David was on. I'm on the other side. So you got scripture for that? I sure do. Let me go back up here. <laughs> First Peter 2.24. This is Peter on the same side of the cross we're on. He says, who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we having died, that's past tense, to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. I say it in the past tense because that goes along with what Peter says here. 
on the other side of the cross. When I, when I quote Psalm 103, I say, forget not all of his benefits who forgave all of my iniquities, who healed all of my diseases, who crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy, who redeemed my life. I'm not still in the pit. He redeemed my life from the pit. He crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. And he still satisfies my mouth with good things. So that my youth is renewed like these. I'm getting younger. (laughs) I may not be getting younger in number, but I'm getting younger in the way that I'm experiencing life. I take that word for myself. But it's as we... Allow, he satisfies our mouth with good things, the things that are revealed in the Word of God. And here's the thing you can eat all you want. <laughs> don't, don't be dieting on the Word. Take it like a buffet, pull up a chair and eat all you want, eat all you can eat. <laughs> he, he, uh, by his stripes, we were healed. Man, that's, that goes along with what God said to me today. He said the reason people are not getting healed is because they're trying to get healed. Did you get that? You already were healed. Oh, you say, well, I got something going on in my body. The body is temporal. The spirit is eternal. What's more real to you? Listen, what, what is the source of your truth? Is it spiritual or is it physical? Because in the physical, numbers change, everything's changing constantly. But in the spiritual, whatever the word declares is truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. And if you will get into agreement with truth, facts will change. It may be a fact in the natural, but it's not truth. Let me just tell you, my body is not who I am. My body is simply a vehicle. The real me is the spirit. It's the God part of you. It's the part that God breathed his life on the inside of. It's the eternal part of you. The spirit of man is the real you. Does that make sense? Which do you identify with? What's your truth? Is it in what's going on physically or is it what's going on spiritually? Because I guarantee you, if you will get yourself in agreement with the truth, facts will change. How do I do that? You hear and be healed. Man. I'm taking my time purposely. If we're trying to get healed, you know what that proves to me? I don't believe that verse. The spirit of faith says, 
I believe, therefore I speak. Did you know, here's a good uh, way to test where you're at in your faith. Listen to what you're saying. Spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4, I think it is, says, I have believed, I believed and therefore I speak. That is the spirit of faith. Whatever I believe in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. Now, listen, let me put a disclaimer on that. Don't listen to what you're saying when you're at church. Because <laughs> we all putting on our church face. We know what we're, we're paying attention to what we're saying when we're at church. You know, you got your tail kicked by the devil all day. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Are you? But then I heard you earlier saying, oh, man. <laughs> You want to hear what you, if you want to listen and know what you believe, listen to yourself when you're not paying attention. I heard somebody say one time, don't listen to what you're saying at church. Listen to what you're saying at Walmart. When you run into your friend at Walmart and they ask you how you're doing. (laughs) I don't like Walmart either. So the point is, is that we all know what to say when we're here. But if you really don't want to know what you believe, listen to what you're saying when you're not intentionally speaking your confessions. It's an indicator. It's an indicator. Because if I'm trying to get healed, then I haven't believed that I am healed. I know, it's, it's tight, but it's right. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Man, it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Let's look at this verse in Third uh, John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. In the King James Version, it says, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God is saying by the Holy Spirit through John the Apostle that the most important thing to him, isn't that what above all things means? This is the highest. I will that you prosper and be in health. So on God's side, his will, his highest priority, which makes sense for his children, is that you be prosperous and that you be in health. That seems so simple. But we've had a lot of help misunderstanding simple things. But we've been presented a God who doesn't necessarily look that way. But it says, above all else, above all things, I will that you prosper and be in health. But here's the deal. Even as your soul prospers. See, 
the spirit, as I was talking about earlier, is the part of you that's one with Christ. It's the part of you that's born again. It's the part of you that's a new creation. It's the part of you that's perfectly righteous. It's the part of you that's perfectly sanctified. It's the part of you that's perfectly holy. It's the part of you that is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's the part of you that isn't having any struggles with this stuff. But then you have your body, which is the outer man. (laughs) Which is in contact with this world constantly. It's being opposed in many ways. The decision maker of your life is your soul. Even as your soul prospers. The decision maker of whether the body or the spirit is going to dominate your life is how you think. If the way I think is in line with the, as I said earlier, the facts, then I'm going to keep getting the facts that I'm getting. But if I can get my mind, if I can get, let me say this, reminded. If I can get my mind renewed to the reality of the truth that God's word reveals, then my soul and my spirit come into unity. And what's in my spirit can then begin to be made manifest in my physical body. See that even as, in the King James it says even as, which means to the degree of. That means the degree of prosperity and health that I experience is governed by my mind. Because in my spirit, I've got the very life of God. Which means I have... Uh, dead raisin power on the inside of me. I have the power of God on the inside of me. You do if you're born again. You have the very power of God that is able to heal not just a, not just a cold, but cancer and any other thing that comes along. None of those are a match for the life of God. When life is manifest, sickness is gone. <sighs> so the work is to hear be persuaded and get in agreement with the truth. And when we are, then the life of God and the power of God begins to affect us outwardly. And I know you have all experienced that to some degree. What is that degree? The degree that you've renewed your mind to the truth. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Man, that's awesome. That should tell you that the purpose behind Bible reading and Bible study, man, we need to get a different opinion, and we get to get our thinking different about that. This book, is spirit and life. How are we healed today? By the word. This is the only thing that has the ability to remind us and renew our mind to the truths 
of who we are in Christ so that that reality can begin to affect our outward life. This book. So many people, though, I know I did for a long time. We have this religious relationship with the Word. And we felt like, well, gosh, I got to read the Word or God's not going to be happy with me. Come on, don't look at me like that. I know I'm not the only one. How many of you have ever thought, well, man, if I don't read the Bible, something bad's going to happen? Listen, I mean, I know. You know what that does? It makes you not want to read it. (laughs) You know, because you'll only do something out of fear so long. You know how long you'll do it? Until the fear leaves. What we got to do is realize the riches that are contained within this word. You know what? If I could convince you that out in your backyard was buried a treasure chest full of gold and silver and precious stones, y'all would get up right now while I'm preaching and go home and start digging. And if I didn't tell you where it was at, you'd dig holes all in that yard until you found it. Same thing with this. I'm telling you that right here, these are the true riches. These are spiritual riches. This thing is filled with gold and silver and precious stones. It's filled with the ability to receive of the life and the nature and the character and the healing and the power of the divine, of, of the divine life. It's all right here. And let me tell you, if you don't ever read it a day in your life, God, it's not going to change the way God feels about you. And not a lot of preachers will tell you that. You know why? Because they're afraid you'll quit reading the Bible. And I'll just tell you right now, if you had the right attitude toward that word right there, you, you would begin to read it and you would begin to not just read it and it be laborious to you. You'd find life in it. Come on now. You got to be a minor for God. <laughs> you got to mine this word for the precious gems and treasures that are on the inside of it. Isn't that what it says in Proverbs 4? I know pastors taught us that so many times. He said, they are life to those who what? Find them. Oh, come on. Mind the word for the treasures that are within. Did you know nothing valuable is laying on the top of the ground? Not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. It's hidden for those who have a hunger. Come on now. Mm. See, what I really wanted to get across to you is that on God's side, it's all done. And you can have as much life and peace as you can discover in the Word. You can quit all of your religious calisthenics that you're doing to try and impress God. Because <laughs> he ain't impressed. He wants you to have it more than you do. You, have you ever thought about all he did to get it to us? Think about it. So you can stop all of your, you know, doing stuff to present it to him. So that you can maybe trade him 
trade something in for something, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one who did that stuff. Well, God, I did all this stuff. Are you going to give me this now? <laughs> you know what's crazy about that? He's like, how do I answer that? I already gave it to you. <laughs> I already gave it to you. How am I going to answer that question? He's saying, it's in here. You've got to discover what belongs to you. I remember Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. He said, you can have something and not know it, and it won't do you any good. That's so simple, but I'm telling you, that right there is such free. You can have something, not know it, and it won't do you a bit of good. You know why? Because the divine life doesn't just happen to you. The moment you receive Jesus, if it did, you'd be totally healed. You'd be totally prosperous. You'd be totally transformed. You'd be, you wouldn't be being mean to your spouse. You'd be being good to them. That's a process. <laughs> I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about her. <laughs> You'd be telling her either. <laughs> It don't just happen to you because it's opposed. It's opposed. There's an enemy who's opposing us in these areas who doesn't want us to have those because he wants to hinder us in our ability to fulfill the word of God in our life. Above all things, he would that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Let's look at, let me just skip down here for sake of time. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. This is the formula for receiving from God. You want to know how to receive from God? Here it is. It says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let me go back up there to that. For by grace you've been saved. The word saved is the key here. The word saved, you know, most people when they think of saved, they think of, oh, I received Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. That's their idea of what saved means. But this word in the Greek means to, to uh, forgive, to heal. In fact, in many places in the New Testament, it's not translated saved. It's translated healed. In regard to physical healing. So it means to save, to forgive, to heal, to deliver, to make whole. That word means every bit of that. So you could say, for by grace you've been healed through faith. And that's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. I can say, for by grace you've been delivered. Delivered from what? Whatever's oppressing you. Whatever the devil is using to oppress you, because you're probably being oppressed by something different from than your neighbor is. But whatever the devil's using to oppress you from, with, you can be delivered by grace through faith. It's always the same way. It's by grace through faith. 
You know, when we think about healing, we always just think physical healing, some kind of sickness or some kind of disease. But I'm telling you, people are struggling and being oppressed with a lot of stuff. They may not have a physical sickness or a physical disease, but disorders, addictions, all of these kinds of things, these are none of these were supposed to be a part of the human condition. And Jesus provided liberty from all of them. Why? He came to destroy the works of the devil. And he did it when he was here in his physical body. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. But now he's doing it in and through his body. You are the body of Christ and members in particular. We've got to figure out how to partake of what Jesus has provided. For by grace, you've been healed through faith. By grace, you've been delivered through faith. That tells me you can, if you can operate in faith in the grace of God, you can be healed tonight, you can be delivered tonight, you can be saved tonight. I'm just talking about the manifestation because you already have been in Christ Jesus. This is talking about how do I have the manifestation of it where I experience the reality. Problem is, most people aren't operating by grace through faith. Let me just break this down for you. Grace, this is the key. Grace is to get what you don't deserve. I don't know if you caught that or not. Let me say this first. Mercy is to not get what you deserve. Thank God for his mercy. (laughs) Mercy is to not get what you deserve. In other words, to not receive the penalty or the punishment, or the judgment, or the curse that you deserve. You know how you're freed from that? Because Jesus took all of that on the cross. But grace, oh man. Grace is to get what you don't deserve. And most believers are trying to deserve Or earn what they need from God. Most believers believe you get what you deserve. I heard somebody say one time, well, you know, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. And another guy said, God didn't say that. Benjamin Franklin said that. (laughs) That's true. Most believers, they just grab a hold of that kind of stuff because we have the mindset that we get what we deserve. Grace, listen, grace is so foreign from this world system that we have to have a revelation from the Holy Spirit of God to be able to understand it. Because we're all, we we, we easily understand you get what you deserve. We face that every day. If you don't believe it, quit going to work. See if they send you your check. No, because you get what you deserve in this world. 
But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it operates on grace. Come on now. You have got to resolve to the fact that you are not going to earn something from God. Because until you do, you're not going to be operating in grace. Did you know that the blessings of God uh, are health, wealth, and freedom from your enemies? That's what was outlined in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28 says this, If you hearken diligently to obey all that I have commanded you in the law of Moses, then all of these blessings will come upon you, which are health, wealth, freedom from your enemies. But if you don't, then all of the curses are going to come upon you. I'm going to set you free tonight. Deuteronomy 28 is no longer the measure for righteousness. Oh, my. Did you know that Deuteronomy 28 is not the measure for righteousness anymore? It was under the old covenant. You know what the measure for righteousness is now? Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and the grace of God that he provided through what he did for us. You have got to change your mindset or you'll never be able to receive. What did I say earlier? God said, people aren't getting healed because they're trying to get healed. How are they trying? They're trying to perform. Healing is a byproduct. Let me say this. Health is a byproduct of relationship with God. There is no way you can walk in fellowship and relationship with God and not have health. Why? Because he is life. You know, we have got to understand that grace is all that God did for us without our permission and without our participation. I figured you'd be more excited about that than that. Did you know God didn't ask your permission for Jesus to come? In fact, he came before you were ever here. I love living on this side of the cross, man. I do. I love it. I love it because he already performed, even fulfilled and performed everything on the cross. It's a a finished work. Man, I just look at it and let it declare to me my truth in him. Grace is what God did for us independent of our permission or our participation. It's all by faith in his promise. Faith is how we appropriate the grace of God. Faith is not something we do to make something happen. Faith, first of all, is our ability to perceive what grace is. 
Faith is our ability. When you are in faith, then you can see and perceive what God has done for you personally through the finished work of Jesus by grace. Wasn't any of your... Listen, the blessings of God, as I said earlier, health, wealth, and freedom from enemies, they are not earned blessings. They were into the old covenant. They're inherited blessings. I get all that stuff because of who my daddy is. You know your inheritance comes because of who you're born from. And when you were born again through faith in Jesus, you became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Man, think about that. That means that everything that Jesus is an heir of, you're an equal heir. Because a joint heir doesn't get a split. They get the same inheritance. And you don't get your inheritance when you die. My goodness, how many believers believe, oh, well, when we die and go to heaven, then we're going to get this inheritance. No, you don't get your inheritance when you die. You get your inheritance when the person who left it for you dies. I'm telling you, when Jesus died and rose again, the inheritance of the saints was released to the people of God. And by grace, through faith, we can be forgiven. We can be healed. We can be delivered. We can be rescued. We can be made whole. We can be prospered. Mm. grace is what produces faith it's when in this verse when he says it's the gift of god he's not talking about grace he's talking about faith how many people are trying to have faith you can't do it faith isn't something you produce faith is something that comes to you i'm trying to help you tonight Faith is the gift of God. Listen, he's not talking about grace. The very word grace in the Greek means gift. Be like, for by the gift, you've received the gift. (laughs) That's not what he's talking about. He's saying that faith is the gift. You know what that says? That both sides are, are a work of God. When you hear, faith comes. And then you're healed. So what is our job? To put ourselves in position to hear. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You know, in specifically, in context, this chapter is talking about the gospel. If you go and look at it, the verses before this, it says, how will they hear unless they have a preacher? You know, it's talking about, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good tidings or the good news. It's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ and saying faith comes by hearing and hearing by. And where it says word of God, it's rhema of Christos, which means it's not, 
logos of theos. And what, that, what I mean by that is it's not just the word of God. It's the revelation of Christ. Oh, my goodness. When I hear what Jesus provided for me by grace, and I mean I hear it, faith comes. My ability to partake of it comes to me. Not because I've done all these things. You know, that does away with all the seven steps to receiving from God messages. God is not, let me say this, God is not a genie. You don't rub the lamp and he pops out and gives you three wishes. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. The word of God is the revelation of a person. When we get the revelation of what Christ has done for us by grace, faith comes. The word of his grace produces faith to receive what the word declares. Mm. How can I not believe I have what I already have. You know, if I gave uh, if I gave my Bible, if I gave my Bible to Joel, and then he said, "Hey, let me see your Bible," I'd go, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Let me have your Bible." I've already given it to you. How how would I answer that? Are you crazy, boy? <laughs> now, how many of us are doing that? Oh, faith comes by hearing what already is. Faith doesn't make something happen. Faith only perceives what already is. I I hesitate to share this again because I I feel like I talk about it all the time, but our testimonies are powerful. And I can only share what I've experienced. But, man, I remember, man, I was... I remember back when I was addicted to drugs and alcohol and just in this destructive lifestyle. And I remember I had faith in the works of the devil. Because I believed I was a drug addict. I believed I was an alcoholic. I remember saying, I guess this is just who I am. I guess this is the way I'll always be. I guess I was destined for this. I remember saying those words. I remember. I can tell you, I know exactly where I was at when I said it. I can remember it. It's, imp- it's on my memory so much, I can go right back there in my mind. I believed it. It was real to me. But I also remember 
meditating on 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. And man, I was meditating on that. I was meditating on the grace of God. Because listen, I had no confidence in myself. I tried to change many times. I had tried, even under the threat of going to prison, that couldn't change my actions. (laughs) And I tried. I would try to, to just resist that stuff. But I believed it's who I was. And I was meditating on that scripture, and I mean the light of revelation came into my heart. And suddenly I was able to perceive... That that's not who I was. And like I said earlier, you want to know what you believe? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. I wasn't even thinking. I didn't know Christianese then. I had been doing a lot of other stuff, but it wasn't going to church or reading the Bible. But for a few days, I was meditating on that verse and that verse alone. And suddenly, revelation of Christ came to me. And I knew that I was no longer. And I'll tell you what, just come out of my heart. You know, uh, I believed in my heart, therefore I spoke. The spirit of faith rose up on the inside of me. I didn't do it. I didn't know the seven steps to faith. But suddenly I believed something different. And I started to say, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not destined for destruction. I was not born this way. I'm not destined to be this way. I'll not be this way. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, the things I tried to resist for 20 years just fell off of my life. Why? Because it was by grace, through faith, not of works, not of myself, so that I could boast about it. It was simply the power of God released in my life through faith-filled words that came to me through the revelation of the grace of God and what He had done for me in Christ. And I'm telling you what, the, the if you will hear And listen, let me close with this. You can hear the word as much as you want to speak the word. Problem is, is that we speak it, we don't, and then we check to see if it worked. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. That's why the Bible says, hold fast your confession of faith, which has great promise of reward. For he who promised is faithful. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Keep speaking the word and faith will happen to you. Let me say this too. What you say carries more weight in your own heart than what I say. We can teach you and point the way, but we can't do it for you. 
If we could, we would. Because I'd, I'd, I want every person in here to have the full inheritance of the riches of Christ manifested in their life. I want that. That's what I've given my life to. That's what pastor's given his life to, is seeing other people receive and walk in the full riches of everything that Jesus hung on that cross, shed his blood, and poured out his life for you to have. That's why we preach. We preach to awaken your heart to the revelation that you are his perfect righteous one, his beloved son, his beloved daughter, in whom he is well pleased, that you are the one that Jesus died for, that you are the one that Jesus provided health and wealth and freedom from your enemies for. You're the one. You're the one. It's got to become personal. You have to embrace it. We have to identify with this. We can't mental assent to this stuff. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, no, you have to embrace it till it becomes a part of who you believe you are. And that only comes through sitting and declaring the word over your life until the Holy Spirit is able to take hold with you and cause you to have a revelation that this isn't about somebody else. That it's about you. To where you identify with it and you say, that's who I am. Because the devil's going to come along and he's going to say, that's not who you are. You're not healed. Who do you think you are? You're not righteous. Look at you. Look at your life. What makes you think you could be healed? What makes you think you could be prosperous? What makes you think you're God's beloved? Look at your life. I said, well, look at what Jesus did. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand. Father, we just praise you tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For your grace. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I pray over this people, Father God, that they receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. That they receive the wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. That the eyes of their hearts be enlightened. Be flooded with revelation light. I pray that their hearts be flooded with revelation light. That they might know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches. Oh, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance that's in them. That's in the saints. And that they might know the exceeding power that is toward them. Oh. Oh, Father, open the eyes of our hearts. Hallelujah. Help us to see the truth and not be faked out by facts. Oh, and that they would know that it's the same power that's toward them that you used when you raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at your right hand. Oh, hallelujah. Far above every principality and power, might and dominion. Oh, that they are seated in him in the completion and the finished 
work of his glory far above the whole kingdom of darkness. That they get the revelation that the enemy is under their feet. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father. Thank you, Father God. So good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, if you have something you want to have somebody agree with you about tonight, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to him, or maybe you want somebody to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit, or some other thing that you're dealing with, you want somebody to come into agreement with you, we're going to have ministers up front here who would love to take you further in your faith so that you can walk out of here different than the way you walked in. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.